So not only did we have cats at home, we had the cats at the practice. And so I would go and play with the cats that were sick. And my mom would be like, you didn't go in there and play with those cats. And I was like, no. And she's like, they have ringworm. And I was like, really? (laughs) While you were telling that, I was like, she's had ringworm. (laughs) Really? Ringworm everywhere? Are you sure? Hello! Hi! Welcome to We Don't Deserve Dogs. I'm Dr. Elise Lipman. I'm Richie Redding. Uh, you did that totally not weird uh, yeah. this time, babe. I'm so proud of you. I'm holding in a burp. Oh, is that the secret? <laughs> I am getting licked on the on the, on the the face yeah. by a dog right now. Can That's happening. Uh, <laughs> coming in hot is not our guest, but Just our house guest, <laughs> Callie. Uh, a fairly insane Border Collie shepherd, Aussie Shepherd mix that's really been... Uh, Tearing shit up here at the crib lately. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're dog sitting her. And uh, yeah, that was every bit the intro I was hoping that she would provide us with. Yeah, I, I feel I'm actually staying at a place with three dogs. And I was just like, I'm either going to be like, I, they basically run into my room touch all my stuff and then run out just as fast. And it's just me being like, stop t- I feel like a teenager. I'm like, stop touching my stuff. <laughs> but uh, that voice that you're hearing is our actual guest. <laughs> the guest we planned to have. <laughs> Callie is our friend who we're so psyched to see. She's a comedian seen on Comedy Central, and she has a new book germane to this podcast coming out March 30th called Why Cats Are Assholes. The lovable Liz Mealy. Yay! Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Wait, yeah dude. And also a little background. I mean, we are. she grew up probably a lot. Like, actually, not like me. Her, Your father's a veterinarian. Both my parents are veterinarians. But you didn't, because I didn't grow up with a lot of pets. You grew up with a ton of pets, so. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. everything you could possibly think of. Cats, right. dogs, lizards. But I feel we're connected yes, in this we way. Are, we are yeah. going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to continue to give you your, your intro. My note to self is, who doesn't love Liz Mealy? I feel like this podcast, we could do a real divide. We'll be like, let's figure out who doesn't <laughs> yeah. like Liz Mealy. And we start a list. Who's lukewarm? <laughs> yeah. If you were to build a guest for this podcast from the ground up that is almost perfect, it is one Liz Mealy. Weird science. Uh, Liz yeah. Style. First of all, she <laughs> was raised by two veterinarians, as mentioned. Most of her material is either shitting on shitty dudes or talking about her pets. The only problem being that her pets are cats. <laughs> Did you come here to ask for forgiveness? That is. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, that's the funny thing. Is so I got approached to ask. This to, to write this book because I have a bunch of stand up material about cats, but it's always like shitting on cats from a loving perspective. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love them so much that I can tell you what their flaws are. are. And so, this editor was literally wanted to write this book, but he didn't want it to be just somebody shitting on cats. He wanted it to be funny and thoughtful. And he was like, This is perfect. And I was like, Yeah, I have so many negative things to say about them, but. With love. Yeah. Did you see that article that was going around in the beginning of COVID that was like, good news, cats can't 
spread COVID, but would given the chance. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure my cat would be like, this is my chance to eat her face guilt-free. Yeah. yeah. Well, if there was ever a time when it's good to get approached for a book. Yes. Dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joe DeVito has been doing a joke of, uh, if there's one thing I learned in the last year, it's that I don't have a novel in me. <laughs> yes. Yes. hundred percent. I mean, I think we've all struggled because how many of us are like, okay, I'm going to write a screenplay, but I'm just so busy and I'm going to write a book, but I'm just so busy and I'm going to do this, but I'm busy. And then we're not busy for the first time in our career. And we're like, oh, I'm lazy. (laughs) That's it. Ah, It's good to have those answers. Right. So tell us about the book itself. Are there pictures in it? Yeah, there's about 15 pictures in it. Um, this artist, um, I was, I love her art. She makes really expressive animals. Like she draws them really expressively. So I was really excited when we got her. So it's, it's mostly words. Ooh, that's a, that's a strike. It's a word book. Ooh. Yeah, I know the words, <laughs> but they're funny. I basically say it's like a stocking stuffer. Like I think it's a great sitting on the toilet book, a great in front of the litter box book. I think mm-hmm. it's a great, you know, you've read too much about the destruction of uh, everything that is happening in the world and you just want to get away from it book. Like it's very much not a serious book. Well, I mean, and I th- I like your first pitch there also because we usually don't talk about it to our sponsors in terms of our demographics, but um, our whole audience poops. <laughs> That's amazing. They stay yeah, pooping. Yeah, no, this yeah, is yeah, a yeah. great, this is a great, like, I, uh, I have some extra time on the toilet. Mm-hmm. And I want to learn some facts and I want to laugh while doing it, which I think will like help push it all out. Like I'm not a doctor, but I think yeah. a good laugh while on the toilet. It should come with the squatty potty. Yeah. You should team up with squatty potty. I think it should be taped to the squatty potty with like Velcro and then you pull it off, put your legs up and then you read <laughs> yeah. my cat book. I like it. Yeah, this this has legs for yeah. sure. <laughs> That's great. How long did it actually take you to write it? This is I I made my dad laugh because when I first I had like a long time to write it. I think I had like eight months to to write it, and it's like I think a little over forty thousand words. But in my mind, when I first got this, and I actually got this before the pandemic, but I was like, oh, if I write two hundred words a day, just so you know, that's like a chunky paragraph. I was like, if I write two hundred words a day, I can like bang this out in a couple of months. I won't even be stressed about it. And then like two months went by and I didn't touch it at all. Like I wrote like literally like six pages and I never touched it again. So I was like, okay, if I write like 500 words a day, I can bang this out in four or five months and it'll, and I won't be stressed about it. And then I didn't do that. And then it was like, <laughs> if you write 3000 words a day, every day, then it'll be done on time. And that's kind of how I wrote it. But it took me a couple of months just to bang out the first draft. Like, even with jokes, like, the first draft, like, it just, you just have to force yourself to do it. But the the editing was much quicker. Like, I, and again, it's all really silly. And I'm, I've, I've never written a book before. I went to school for this, but I didn't pay attention in school. You went to book writing school? I went to the new school for creative writing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was already doing stand-up, so I think there was a part of me that was just, like, appeasing my family and going to college because they said I was supposed to. And I was like, well, then I'll just continue to learn in an avenue that I enjoy. And I love books. I'm, I'm, I'm an avid reader. But I've been writing 30-second bits. Right. You know what I mean? My whole life. So the idea of writing 40,000 words is so scary. Did they let you use the word very a whole bunch? I, <laughs> I use bigger font. I was like, what's the font and spacing on this book? Dude, love a 13.5. 
Ariel. Thirteen point seven five. Hey, take those indentations in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we want to get into young Liz Mealy's pet upbringing. Full disclosure, it's pretty chaotic. Let's go for it. Give us the give us the backstory, baby. <laughs> yeah, so start. My, so you should know that my mom's a cat specialist. So she did all cats most of her career. Where she practice? Uh, she, they had their own practices. So it was Princeton Animal Hospital and then Carnegie Cat Clinic. Okay, so cool. Yeah. So they sold it, by the way. They they retired. Three months ago? Amazing. That was a good time to retire. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Because veterinary medicine is insane right now. I mean, everyone's just so busy. Curbside treatment, yes. really critical patients. It's just really crazy. Yeah. Well, my mom said two things. Oh, actually, so two things my parents said. The first thing they said is they've never in their thir- over 35 years of doing vet medicine ever had to turn away a patient. You know yeah. how like we go to the doctor and they're like, oh, we're all filled up. Yeah. And you're like, how do you yeah. fill up with people? Yeah. Right. But like so many people got pets during the pandemic that they had to turn away clients for the first time in their entire, like they just, it was too much work, which is crazy. Yeah. And then my mom said it was the best time ever because she likes animals, not people. So a staff (laughs) member would pick up the cat, bring it inside. Right. They would do all the vet stuff. Then she would call and be like, hey, Sprinkles, you know, needs a fecal exam and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, sure. Somebody would go out, swipe their credit card. They would do all the stuff. She never saw a client. And she was like, it was so nice. (laughs) It's sometimes (laughs) nice not seeing clients. But you still do. I think people are still in the pandemic. They're so... um, what's the word, entitled and like people think that they can go in. Even like I've had many people think in emergency situations that like somehow they're going to be the one led into the hospital. Like my, both my parents were on ventilators. I could not go to the hospital. You're not going into the hospital. Um, And, you know, curbside makes everything slower and so much harder. And I like uh, when you shit on people. I wanted to say that. What, what, what I should not. These entitled folk. I like it. No, yeah, well, people, I mean, look, it's an emotional situation. I get it. Like, it's high intensity, high emotion. And also, it's not just the number of animals, but for some reason, we're seeing, like, really critical cases. And we don't really know why that is. There's, like, some studies going around. But um, anyway, let's just say, be nice to your veterinarian. Like, be nice. Like, be nice. Yeah, no. So, so I, I think like, I, I completely agree that it was also like twice as much work for, you yeah. know what I mean? Like everything yeah. took six extra steps. Yeah. But, um, so we lived when I was really young, we lived next to my parents' first animal hospital, Princeton animal hospital. Like literally there was an apartment building, like there was the driveway or like the parking lot in our apartment building was like right next door. And then when I was like seven or something. We moved to next to my mom's cat clinic. And then I literally the house next, they converted, it was like two townhouses, like one story houses, and they converted one into a cat clinic. Wait, so it was like Dr. Huxtable? Did he have a practice next to his Well, I guess it was in the, nobody ever talked about this, that on the Cosby show, Dr. Huxtable's OBGYN practice was in the basement in Brooklyn. (laughs) Really? Yeah, for sure. He, he would go into the, it was right by the front door was the door and he would go down to his office like, wait, <laughs> there's stirrups down there and ladies yeah. are waiting. I mean, to- there were so many signs. So there were so many signs. Sorry to corrupt this vision of your childhood. <laughs> uh, I, I know we've asked, I've asked you this before, but 
you did not want to be a veterinarian, right? And they did not want you to be. I did did. until I discovered stand up. So like I came out the same way, like a kid would come out and say they were gay. I had to come out and be like, I'm not going to become a veterinarian. (laughs) They They wanted you to be interesting. Yeah, because there was five of us. So I'm the second oldest of five. And I was the crazy cat lady. Like I had cat posters all over my walls. And like, I was always like cutting out pictures of cats. I was just, but clearly I just love them. And I, if I was like an Elmira, like I just wanted to hug them to death as Mm. opposed to like treat them, cut them up and heal them and whatnot. (laughs) Whatever it is you do, like clearly I'm a moron. Did any five of you become a veterinarian? No, it's one very of disappointing. Interesting. Really interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'd want my kid to be a veterinarian now. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, you got a family business that's a little different. Like, Yeah. yeah. And my, my, okay. So interesting. I wouldn't have had to work as hard. Like, clearly you have to work hard to like get into yeah. vet school. And I get that. But like, I would have had a job immediately. Right. I would have had a practice immediately. Right. Like everything would have been a lot. I would have had to live in New Jersey, which is like, ooh. <laughs> but I... I just, I loved animals and I was, you know, when you're a little kid, you're like, I want to be a vet, like my mom. But then when I started to develop, you know, opinions and feelings, Uh I was like, gross. I don't Uh like blood. I (laughs) I hate school. I hate school. Uh I hate it. It's a big barrier. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm bad at it. So I, I got into stand up when I was like, like 13, 14 years old. That's crazy. Yeah. And I started, like, I started writing immediately, but I started performing when I was 16. And so I- I did a couple of shows without telling my parents. And then eventually I broke it to them and told them (laughs) that I was going to the city. And the caveat was that I had to bring an adult with me because it was the year after 9-11. I was 16 years old and a girl and I was going by myself. And my parents were like, no. And I was like, God, my parents are such assholes. And (laughs) only to be like 16 girl year after 9-11 going to comedy clubs of it was a very nice, like they never said I couldn't. They were just like, bring an adult. Yeah, I mean, hindsight on that is... I mean, that is pretty wild. Like, I don't know where 9-11 comes into play necessarily. It's just because you're going into New York and there were still heightened fears. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, it's New York City. Like, my parents still treat New York City like the way people talk about it in the 70s and 80s. Like, they don't. Like, my mom grew up in no- Newark. So my dad grew up in Pennsylvania. And, like, they don't really like it. Like, they'll come and visit me or whatever. But, like, they, they see it as this dangerous place. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. I, th- I think of you as so, like, quintessential New York. I actually just thought your parents were from New York. And I guess not. That's so funny. Yeah, my mom grew up in Newark. And, yeah. like, we went to Newark recently. She's like, it's about the same. And I was like, Newark yeah. needs help. I was like, you're scared yeah. of New York? Newark yeah. is like. Dude, right. My parents grew up in, like, inner city Baltimore. And my dad thinks that New York City yeah. is, like, yeah, burning cop cars. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's like it's and it's also perfect confirmation bias that it's like you'll only see it on, on Fox News and yeah. like you know, a, a <laughs> protest like, you know, there's a race war in New York right now. I don't think that's what it is, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry to bust your bubble. Yeah. They were they were really excited when we decided to live in my parents' house in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For now. But I still don't have my gun. But either way. Uh, so why was it cats, Liz? What part of your personality clicked with cats? That's such a good question. I guess there's a part of me that's like, I think I'm like fiercely independent. Like I'm cuddly. I like attention. But like I'm very much like I want it when I want it. And I don't want it when I don't want it. And I... I I'm a very nice person, but my friends have showed me that I have a very hard line in the sand. And it's like, I'm nice. I'm nice. I will murder your family. Like that is. <laughs> that all jives. It, so like even like um, 
I remember this so clearly. We were on the streets of London and some kid was trying to like sell me a newspaper, you know, just like, and we're lost by the way. Like we're in London, we're trying to find where our gig is. And this kid's like, you want to buy a paper? And I was like, oh no, thank you. And I'm looking at my phone, trying to figure out where we're going. And he's like, but it's only, you know, a quid. Like, I don't know. And I'm like, oh no, thank you. And he won't leave. And I go, dude, get the fuck away from us. I'm trying to fucking figure out where I'm going. And my friend's hysterically laughing. Cause I'm like, literally like grandma nice, grandma nice murderer like and, it's, and that's kind of how I feel a cat is where they'll like be like super loving be super loving and then they're attacking your face and you're like what that doesn't even make sense yeah it doesn't make sense they'll lick you lick you and then and then beat you up for it yeah and then bite your head yeah. and you're like you were just licking me like I was one of yeah. your own I don't understand yeah. what I did <laughs> and so I think in general like I like their independence I like that I don't have to like entertain them or like do anything, but also that we can like cuddle and watch TV together. I, I think the same way I like about cats is kind of how I feel about boyfriends. Like I've had boyfriends that are like, you go do your thing. I'll do my thing and we'll meet up. And I'm like, cool. And then I have boyfriends that are like, you're never around. And I was like, I thought that's what guys liked. Like I like, <laughs> I thought they liked women that weren't around. That's the message I got from comedy and TV. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a part of me that's like, I want to do my own thing and not be caged. I, that was a way more thought out answer yeah. than I thought it was going <laughs> very, to be. Very thoughtful. Like, They're soft. I like yeah. their ears. <laughs> yeah. You just connect. And There's I will occasionally uh, tell a newsie that I'm going to kick him in the dick. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. straightforward. It totally makes sense. So who was your, uh, did you have your own pets or was there, was it just like house pets? So my sister had a cat named Max and he lived to like 19. Like he, he was like, the cat that lived forever. And then we had a cat around the same time that we had Max named Sanchos, but he had a heart condition and he died like less than a year. But Sanchos was the better cat. Like that's the funny thing where you're like oh, the nice yeah. guy. We always say nice patient, nice owners, poor prognosis. Because yeah, it's just always it the nice ones. Yeah. He would sleep right here. He would like sleep on your face. He was like the cutest. That sounds like hell. I loved it. <laughs> that is I actual good, hell. Yeah. yeah. No, it's amazing. I love an aggressive snuggler. Yes, aggressive. Oh. And they headbutt you and drool on you. Yeah, so much fun. I, I would have put that cat to sleep. It's a, he's got a cuddling condition. It's aggressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. His heart, his heart couldn't handle all this cuddling. And then the practice next door had uh, practice cats. So Rocky and Boinkle had um, some like neurological thing that no, mm. like when they were kittens, nobody wanted them. And they like, I always said they like tap danced like on the linoleum floor. Like they they didn't walk right, and they were kind of like. Not okay in the head. I don't know how you that's say that fun. with cats. Probably Drunk. cerebellar hypoplasia. Um, that's what I, that's but it what makes I thought, them do too. like funny, yeah. th- cute things. I thought that's what, what it was. You were going to say it? Yeah. So I'm gonna have it yeah the, the plasia. <laughs> the plasia, right? Yeah, I call oh, it the yeah. plasia. You know, yeah. I just kind of I dumb it yeah. down for the people. Rocky and Boyd, yeah, they're eating up with the plasia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, they got some major plasia. Yeah, plasia on the brain. So, so they were the practice cats and they were so funny. And like, I told a story to a friend recently that I remember this so clearly, like there was the countertop. Um, so the people behind the desk and then like a patient would be like, this is like the eighties and nineties. So they were like writing checks. So this woman used her own pen and it had like a little puff ball on the end of the pen. And she was writing a check and Rocky came out of nowhere jumped on the counter, grabbed the pen, and ran off, and then <laughs> ran into a wall. I mean, that's a free service right there. Almost perfect crime. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. But they were always running into walls, and they were so <laughs> loud. And it was, oh, man, I loved them. And I think 
I think Rocky got hit by a car. My parents like oh, did everything no. and they saved him. And he was even less right in the head afterwards. But like oh. they were so weird and beloved. And then we had tons of other oh. ones like Patches was like blind and deaf and was always bringing home, like would bring over like full dead rabbits. Like this, this cat is blind <laughs> and deaf and would bring rabbits as big as his body. And we're like, hey man, <laughs> nobody wants this rabbit. And this is not a good How look for a practice. It's <laughs> not a good look for a practice. Yeah, that's wild. Were the, yeah, do you were think the he caught, all- just got dead rabbits or he killed them? <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> that would be really impressive. Like a con yeah. artist, hunter. Yeah. I got a guy. I got, I got, I Wait, got which one? Guy. I'm still confused. Did he find dead rabbits and bring them home or did he kill them? No, no, no. Legit would like kill birds and rabbits and like yeah. but they, were, they were all blind and deaf also it was, right. it was yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in the end it was an empowering thing for the yeah. able com- I mean, disabled for community sure. yeah no the disabled cat community has like a whole poster and oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I, I've been wondering since you said it with the, the cats that were running into the walls all the time if it was possibly that there was a Tom and Jerry situation that maybe there was a mouse that was putting a, a doorway that wasn't really there in front of the yeah. uh, on the wall yeah. and it kept slamming uh-huh. I'm full of them. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's a serious podcast. <laughs> no, I want to hear more about these these uh, messed up cats, please. They were just awesome. Yeah. So I, I mean, so not only did we have cats at home, we had the cats at the practice, and then I every day after school because we didn't have a babysitter, I would sit in the lobby. And I would like do my homework, like sitting on the floor. But then also I was like, just like a kid that didn't listen. So I would like pet the cats and the sick cats were upstairs and like the borders were downstairs, (laughs) but I I'm dyslexic. So like I couldn't read. And so I would go and play with the cats that were sick. And my mom would be like, you didn't go in there and play with those cats. And I was like, no. And she's like, they have ringworm. And I was like, really? (laughs) While you were telling that, I was like, she's had ringworm. (laughs) Really? Ringworm everywhere? Are you sure? <laughs> Have you gotten it? Oh yeah, so much ringworm. I was just <laughs> a dumb kid, like a super dumb kid. What? What is ringworm exactly? It's actually a fungus. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a fungus. So you can, I mean, we can get it from like like um, uh, like let's say um, like athlete's foot is a form of like fungus or whatever. It's a form of stranger yeah, to yeah, a, a you, you little can bit get of it. It's pretty yeah. ubiquitous in the environment. But the thing is, if you're healthy and you don't have any like open sores or wounds or anything else like that, you probably won't get it from the pet, but some people are just way more susceptible to it than others. I, some people yeah. just like get it no matter what. I've never gotten it, thank God. I don't mean to brag. Pet a lot of ringworm. <laughs> Clearly an unhealthy person yeah. from the get-go. <laughs> Am I crazy when I think that you once told me a story involving a circus? Yeah, no. So um, um, it's like one of my favorite stories where my, uh, okay, in New Jersey, now there's like hotels built on it, but but this was like in the early 90s, there was like a plot of land by the mall that was just open. So every year the circus would come in town and set up on this like open plot of land. That's, that's what happens. If you leave a plot of land open, a, a circus, circus shows up. <laughs> will set up on you. Yeah. So every every year the circus would come and this was, we were pretty young and the circus came in and they had an issue with their bear. Now to this day, I don't know what it was, but they were like, can you help? And you know, my dad actually told me recently that like, did you have a to, bear. when you went to vet school, did you have to do small and large animals? And yeah. then choose. We had to do both, yeah. So yeah. apparently now vet vets don't have to do that. They can uh-huh. just pick a lane and start going into it. But clearly 
like even my friend uh, is an equine vet. She had to do both small and big, yeah. and then she chose to do horses. Right. But um, so you know, he's like, I don't, you know, I don't practice on bears, but I know some things. And so he <laughs> went down and fixed the problem, and they were so grateful that he. For five years in a row, we got free tickets to the circus, and we thought my dad was a hero. First of all, we were like, what bear did you help? I think he just pointed to a bear. But we were just like, oh, my God, you're friends with a bear? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> so that, that's when my dad was like a real hero. And do, you, do you know what it was that he did? Some was a skin condition, something else. There was something else. He actually even told it to me recently because we were talking about it, and I, I'm just too dumb to keep facts you know i'm still calling blasia i'm making up words and stuff but yeah i have i have no idea yeah i mean can we assume that there was some tranking involved no they just basically they said like we you know there's a muzzle and they like do what you have to do you'll be fine interesting dude if i get anywhere near a bear it's going to be like the guys on instagram with the cheetah like there's going to be a (laughs) like (laughs) blow dart that some bitch in the neck before old richie gets in that cage that's for sure (laughs) Well, my parents, it's interesting. There's some old pictures of my parents in the 80s with like animals they shouldn't be treating, like a bobcat and an owl. But they were like in this place where they had two kids and didn't really have any money. And like they probably shouldn't be treating a guy with his own bobcat, (laughs) but they did. But it's actually illegal for us to treat a lot of wildlife. Yeah, it's it's complicated. I'm not quite sure. Nearly snitching right now. Mm -hmm. Now they're out of the game. I think. I mean, they're retired. Yeah, um, let's spill it was the also tea. What else did they illegally truly, treat? I would have done it. Just saying, I would have done it. I would have done it. Is there ever a, a mobster that got shot that came there? <laughs> I the wonder. Go- I think the, we have the, some mob in our family, not dude. that we're hanging and out. My <laughs> fantasy since we yeah. started dating was that one Talking of my friends that doesn't have health insurance would come over and uh, God bless him. He got shot. I don't know how, but, uh, but, but he'd be on the table and Lisa would have her little headlamp that she used when she dug in my foot to get, uh, <laughs> the, over the needles, the, the sea urchin needles. And right before she's about to like cut the bullet out, he goes, what kind of doctor are you? And then she tells him and then he passes out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've got the whole thing. It's it's ready to go. <laughs> but my my parents always say like the reason when there's like an apocalypse or the walking dead, it's a veterinarian is because every other doctor is specialized. Every doctor is like, oh, I only do the nose, mouth and eyes or you know what I mean? It's like always something. And like vets are like, not only are they like, can they have to do they have to do everything? It's like on every animal and every like so it's kind of like. I don't know. I've always been like the vet is the better doctor. They can't tell you what the symptoms are, why, what's hurting, where to look for it. Like there's no communication and they have to treat the entire body, not just they're like, oh, I'm just a foot specialist. Yeah. So, sounds my, like what I say all the time. My primary, yeah. my I'm primary on your side. Phys- yeah. <laughs> my primary care physician is a veterinarian. <laughs> I've always said that. I was like, I don't have health insurance. I was like, my mom just treats. I have so many things that say for cats and dogs only. Like <laughs> it's the same stuff and we got it, it for cost. Yeah, Why would same. I go to anybody other than my mom? Right. I love that you are just really getting your mom in trouble on this podcast. <laughs> I can't get my mom in trouble. She doesn't have a job. Yeah. We're going to take her license. <laughs> although I did tell a joke in my special about my mom is the one that gives me, like she gives me Xanax. Like, so she would order dog Xanax and then she would give <laughs> me Xanax and before I did it for my special I was like can I get you in trouble she's like I don't care That's and I was cool. like oh I love Good. a mom that doesn't yeah. care she's like what are they gonna do she's yeah. like I have like six months more to practice and I don't right. care and I was like right. 
Okay. Good for her. That's Good awesome. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's definitely something to be said for like senioritis of your whole career. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just sitting this plane down, yeah. baby. Uh, no that. fucks. Senioritis <laughs> your whole career. I, yeah, I am also a believer, and who doesn't like to uh, to fantasize about having a, a vet in the the zombie apocalypse? But also the thought that in said zombie apocalypse, we really need a guy that can help keep these bears alive. Yeah, like, dude. <laughs> too many bears, if anything. Too many bears in the streets. But you got to train them, and then they they would, like, get you, like, honey and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, basically, we're making Winnie the Poohs. That's what my dad was like. He was in the practice of, like, we're going to make a real live Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, because, like, you know, like, how uh, how people get, like, whenever 101 Dalmatians comes out, there's there's always a, a rash of Dalmatians and, like, yeah. you know, people get bit by them because they're not necessarily the, the easiest nicest. dog to have. wonder if there's a Winnie the Pooh effect with people getting bears. <laughs> like, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, Paddington Bear. Like, there's yeah. always, like, a bear or a pig movie coming out every couple of years. Yeah. yeah. We got sold a bill of goods because I got to tell you, this bear <laughs> is quarrelsome. Gave yeah. him honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave him honey. He is not friendly. <laughs> Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody even mentions the poop. My goodness. That's a lot of bear poop. <laughs> I just like that this big bear hand comes behind behind both of you and just like rips one of you out of the cer- out of the frame. And I'm please, just like, Lisa, please, oh, Lisa. I think he wants to be a co-host. <laughs> we don't deserve bears. Yeah. New title. <laughs> so, who was your favoritest cat of them all? It has to be my cat now. Like she's she's um, getting old. Like pasta is. That's such a good name. It is great. Yeah. I have to say this. I've always thought I had one of the best cat names. And then I follow the Meow Parlor. It's a cat cafe uh, downtown. Uh And they had a cat. They were like, welcome unlimited breadsticks. Full name, unlimited breadsticks. And I was like, (laughs) they win. That is the best cat name I've ever heard. That's awesome. So good. Um, But yeah, so I got pasta when I was 19. Uh, She is an elderly uh, lady right now. Um, she is on arthritis medicine and she needs a lot of attention or she mm-hmm. cries in your face. So what Sorry. I've noticed is like, if I'm cooking in the kitchen or like I'm doing a bunch of stuff with my roommates or I'm walking back, like if I'm active, she's, she's either sleeping or she's just watching and she's quiet. But if I'm on my phone, if I'm looking at my computer, think of everything we're doing in the pandemic. She is like, fucking pay attention to me. What are you doing? I'm special. I hate you. Like she's just crying at me and I've, she's with my parents right now, but I've had to be like, what I usually do is put her in my lap and I try to give her like words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Like just try to be like, you're very special and I believe in you, (laughs) but we're doing a podcast right now. But the amount of meetings I've had where I've had to be like, I'm on the phone. (laughs) Like she's just (laughs) hysterically crying and I don't know why. And she's also like, Lisa, she's doing wind sprints. And I'm like, I'm going to take away your arthritis medicine if you're going to be this active. Like, she feels my too mom good. said that your bones That's hurt, funny. but you're doing wind sprints at 3 a.m. Like, I don't understand <laughs> where all this agility is coming from. That's funny. Yeah. I feel like that's also a very specific reference, and I know that you're a runner, and I feel like you should explain wind sprints to our, uh, to <laughs> my co-host and our sprints. listeners. No, it's very specific. Oh, she, but I'm, I'm not even joking. She'll either, like, dart from one side of the bed to the other side of the bed or from one side of the room to the other side of the room, always at three, four in the morning. 
And I'm yeah. like, do I have ghosts? Do I have a mice? Like, do I have a mouse problem? Like, Definitely cats see ghosts. Yeah, sure. that's yeah. that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to point, I guess, so we have a little informative segment here. I'm very impressed that she is on arthritis medications because that is actually something that a lot of people don't know is that cats get arthritis. I mean, they're so completely undertreated and, um, and especially with arthritis because they're so good at hiding things. Um, and they're so good at like, yeah, they're so good at hiding things. What, what were things that you saw that like made you actually put her on the medication? Well, this is where like I don't have to be a good um, mm-hmm. uh, parent because my <laughs> I just take her to my parents and my parents. You know what I mean? Got like it. I, yeah. Sh- she was so out of my hand so often because I was traveling so much. Got and like it. now my parents are in Virginia, but when yeah. they were in Jersey, every time I traveled, I would drop her off. So Got my it. mom would always catch it. Like that's yeah. where like I didn't nice. even have to. Like right now, she sometimes gets lost. Like, mm-hmm. and not even like it's dark. Like she'll just be wandering the kitchen. She gets lost. So I was like, can you check her like eyes or her ear? I don't know what's going on, but like, I don't know if she's getting senile, but like, it's very rarely that I pick up on something. Cause my mom sees her so often that yeah. she's the one that's like, oh, I noticed this and I did this. Right, right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, uh, things you can look for are just things like grooming less, maybe jumping up on things less. Um, I mean, the signs can be so, so subtle. I mean, that's why I think exams are so important also every six months to a year. Just like Liz said, having somebody who knows your cat and can see them. But anyway, it's very underdiagnosed. She wrote me a long, angry note and left it on my bed in the form of vomit, but I I read it. And and I was like, this seems seems like you're bones hurt. Do you know what she's on for her arthritis? <laughs> Some liquid thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe gabapentin. That's good stuff. Well, yeah. gabapentin I do have for like when she's like being anxious and crazy, mm-hmm. but no, it's like some right. liquid stuff that I give her. Gabapentin would be good too for, you know, getting her to sleep. Yeah. That's what my mom said. So she gave it to me and you know, when she's not letting me sleep, but I, <laughs> I don't know about you. Cause like, it makes me kind of sad. Like just cause she gets kind of woozy on it. Like not I've put her on Xanax before and she looks drunk and that made me really sad. So it, it's a better reaction. But the gabapentin, like, she comes off a little drunk and, it, <laughs> and her jumps aren't as good. Yeah. And it just makes me like, I, I don't <laughs> like drugging my cat. Yeah. Well, it could be dangerous if she's trying to jump. But beyond that, I mean, gabapentin is a really safe medication and we use it a lot for like angry cats to go to the vet. But the nice thing is, especially with liquid too, you can really dose adjust. So, I mean, you can you can keep playing with it until you get a dose where you think she's like comfortable, but not drunk. Also, this is we we definitely part ways here. Love a drunk cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. love a drunk cat. <laughs> I like a high cat. Like, I feel like she really sure. like tells me all her secrets when she's high. When she's drunk, she's just kind of she's a little bit of an "I love you" drunk and a little bit of a like "You don't mm. love me enough" drunk. Like uh, she that's kind a of, lot. Yeah, she gets cuddly, but she also gets like aggressive. She's just like, "What are we doing here? I hate it here. I want to <laughs> cuddle. Why are you going to the bathroom?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have prepared for you a uh, a Cosmo style personality test that we might better get to know your beloved pasta. Oh yeah, pasta. yes. Uh, so on a scale from one to ten, if you would please rank her emotional intelligence her EQ I give her an eight like when I'm sad she like can sense it and she gets like really like cuddly mm-hmm. I mean it's kind of wishy-washy if if I'm not feeling great I feel like she steps up 
But when I'm busy and distracted and she's not feeling great, I feel like she's like, you're dropping. Like, I feel like she's like in a relationship. She'd be like, hey, you got to reciprocate. Like, you need to show up for me. And I'm like, I'm busy. Um, so <laughs> I would say that like my emotional intelligence is crappy and hers is pretty high. Okay. That is that is a, a lot of candor that you just displayed there. And we thank you for that. <laughs> Problem solving. How are her problem-solving skills? She's pretty good. I would give her, I, again, I think I'd give her like an eight because she she knows how to like open doors and um, she gets into stuff that I, I actually didn't think she could get into. She, okay, she, like if I have like, if I'm making dinner and I have like raw chicken, she knows she can't do it in front of me. Mm-hmm. So she'll like just kind of, she'll stay by me She'll like watch where I'm going. I'll be like, oh, I forgot my phone in the other room. And then she'll go for it. Or she'll wait until I turn my back. Like she's just really good about like what she wants. She knows when to time it. It's pretty impressive. Okay. Respect. Respect Mm -hmm. that. Street smarts. How would she fare on the mean streets of Princeton, New Jersey? She's a princess. I think a two. I've taken her on a leash a couple of times, but for the most part, most of her streets is is when I open the door to get a package and she like escapes. And I always go like, enjoy your life. If this is what you want. And I do that fake like mom thing where I shut the door. And uh-huh. she's like, sorry, 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 sorry. And she runs back. A couple of times she's run down the hallway and I'm just like, I hope you find a friend because I'm not even wearing shoes. I'm not going out there. Um, <laughs> I just don't think she would survive. I really don't. Yeah, especially with those with those aching bones. I mean, without she's also her a celebrity. Like, you oh. know what I mean? She doesn't know that she has to like be on her best behavior. I feel like she's gonna like say mm. something inappropriate. She's gonna tweet right. something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of variables. A lot of ways for it to go haywire. Uh, final question: How would you rate rate her as a cock blocker? Oh, like a ten. Oh Perfect. man. Perfect. Yeah. So I've now dated two, two serious relationships have been with guys that are uh, allergic to cats. Oh, bye. Ugh. They were I, bye also? <laughs> it now has to be a deal breaker. <laughs> it's a deal breaker. Ugh. Goodbye. You're allergic. Bye. And also I think half of them just say that because like they're really scared and they just like don't know how to say that they're pussies. Whoa. Uh, they- <laughs> Whoa. Throwing some heavy leather. Um, I get angry. Whoa. I get angry because they hide. They they try to really hide behind there. And and that's not a good word. I shouldn't use that word. Yeah. But- the, these these two swell would swell up like they would uh, have okay. physical signs. All right. <laughs> they could not open I want to see eyes. it though. I want to see it happen though. One was like- more active and taking Claritin and like not caring. The other one would just kind of avoid mm-hmm. um, which should have been a sign. But um, she cries a lot. Like I have a, I have a joke from my first album where she like cries while I'm trying to have sex, and I'm just like, "Come on, dude! Like dude. this is not your time." <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, that is our personality test, yeah. and uh, you have been yes. every bit the phenomenal guest that yes. we knew you would be. Oh, uh, it's not over. We, no, we want to once again <laughs> plug your book that's coming out. Is it March 30th? I didn't look yeah. at my notes again. Uh, and it's Liz Mealy, Why Cats Are Assholes. Cop that shit, all right? <laughs> that, or, or you could also do the Donnie Trump Jr. thing and just buy one million copies of your own book and <laughs> it will chart. It'll definitely chart. Also, there might be a little quote in there from me. Maybe. Oh. We'll yeah. Maybe. yeah. She's going to give me a we'll quote. See. I gave okay. her an early copy. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited. Oh, that's tight. Yeah, it's going to be great. Nice. Very excited. 
um, yeah, you can pre-order it now. And um, it was number 23 at one point on the Cats, Dogs, Animal Humor nice. list. All right. Well, yeah. as far as we know, we are number one on the uh, comedy veterinarian <laughs> podcast list. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, we make good bedfellows. I'm also waiting. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for the uh, the moment when Lisa is writing your blurb or whatever. Forward? Blurb? Blurb. No, that's blurb. what I said. I'm going to yeah. have a blurb. She's totally going to try to get me to write that. Just so you know. Yeah. Uh, I pro- I if it's funny, it. I wrote that shit. Uh, <laughs> say, just say, just say, ghostwriter. Yeah, Richie right. Redding, right under it. I stay ghostwriting, uh, but I'll believe it. That's okay. Yeah. So, uh, Liz, yeah. there is only one thing left to do, my friend, and that is to determine by way of a quiz if you, Liz Mealy, deserve cats. You know what it is? It's time for a quiz about dogs and shit. Question one. In Psychology Today, Dr. Pat Shipman, Ph.D., wrote an article that made quite an uproar in the cat community. What was its title? No cats go to heaven? Cats, are they just sexy dogs? My cat is a serial killer? Or Ghislaine Maxwell is a real cat person. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a serial killer. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, one of the ways that she points to the untrustworthiness of her cat is that when she puts a bell on it, it only jingle jangles when it knows that she's watching. Otherwise, stealth. I believe it. Yeah, how about that? Okay. Uh, question two. In this article, Dr. Shipman references a study in Nature Communications that projects that cats in the U.S kill how many birds in a year? A grip, a shit ton, a couple two three billion, or one kajillion? I think it's three again. It's like a lot. <laughs> it's a couple two three billion. It is. It's a couple two three. This is very controversial. By the way, people get very upset about cats who kill yeah. birds. Oh, I'm I'm so so I read an article that um Australia and I think New Zealand are literally killing stray cats because they're killing off birds. And I'm like Guys, do you not understand that this is cyclical? You get rid of the cats and then the mice come and then you get the bubonic plague again. What are we doing here? Like you're idiots. Like I just, it makes me so angry where I'm like, why is a wild bird more valuable than a cat? Like I just, I get very passionate. This is perfectly in line with the remaining question of the I quiz. Just, I didn't know how serious. I just I was going to say, like, I didn't know how serious it was. It's actually like a it very really is serious, serious yeah. thing yeah. in conservation People efforts. are yeah. insane. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this highly accurate study estimates that U.S. cats alone kill between 1.4 and 3.7 billion, or a couple two tray, birds, <laughs> and between 6.9 billion and 20.7 billion mammals a year. I'm assuming those... They're referring there to mice and not humans. Maybe rabbits. Uh, maybe rabbits. But also, mm-hmm. one should note, that is a wild margin of error for mm-hmm. both of those. <laughs> yes. For birds, it's a margin of error of 150%. And for the mammals, it's a cool 200%. Between 6.9 billion and 20.7 billion is insane as like... <laughs> What other study allows for that? But you know they're rounding up where they're like, hey, do you think it's disease? Nah, just say it's cats. 
Just the cats did it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so you're playing with house money right now, Liz, uh, our friend. Question three. In conclusion of her article in Psychology Today, Dr. Shipman takes on a rather defensive tone in regards to her decision to let her cat, Zelda, out for its daily killing sprees. <laughs> Apparently, she's fending off inevitable attacks from unknown web denizens who would accuse her of contributing to mouse and bird genocide. (laughs) She asked those people to first look in the mirror and ask themselves what question. And this is a, a quote from it. Do you want to see the photos of her parents after sparrows pecked out their eyeballs? Or did she ask them, are you outraged at the thought of a pack of coyotes in your neighborhood? Coyotes which kill pets and sometimes attack small children? Or would you want to have all 3.7 billion of those birds poop on your windshield, buster? Fourth possibility, do you want mice crawling in your butthole while you sleep, pal? I want to say the coyotes, but I, I, I'm not sure. It was the coyotes. Wow. Yes. She she posed that exact question. Are you also outraged at the thought of a pack of coyotes in your neighborhood? Yes. Dr. Shipman makes the totally reasonable parallel between a neighborhood cat killing a bird or possibly two a week and a pack of rabid coyotes eating your children alive. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's a good comparison that she tries Perfect. there. Yeah. 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 But it turns out you're three for three. You deserve, you deserve cats. cats. And dogs, Yay! whatever you want. Yeah. Yay. Mealy, it was awesome seeing you. Uh, tell the people where to follow you and where to buy your book again. Yeah, everything is at Liz Mealy. Um, and the book is on pre-order. If you just put in Liz Mealy, Why Cats Are Assholes, they sell it on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Indie Books. It's, it's kind of everywhere. And um, yeah, I'm excited about it. M I E L E. Perfect. Yeah. Yep, like the vacuum. Like the vacuum, like like honey in Italian. Oh. Yeah. Pretty, Wait, this whole pretty, time your last name has been honey? My whole this whole time I've been sweet as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we end the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank you guys, guys for hanging out. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to We Don't Deserve Dogs. I'm Richie Redding. And I'm Dr. Lisa Lippman. Yeah. And you can find both of us at our respective handles, those exact names, at Richie Redding, at Dr. Lisa Lippman. And uh, I just want to give special thanks to our editor, of course, who is Jordan Aaron, and our executive producer, King Joffrey himself, Jeff Umbro, of The Podglomerate. And you can find more of their shows at thepodglomerate.com. Some of the music in this episode comes from Breakmaster Cylinder. Make sure to check out the sponsors you heard in this episode because that really helps provide the show to you free of charge. Let them know we sent you. It also really helps people to find the show if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode on socials. Tag us at We Don't Deserve Dogs and let us know what you thought. We'll see you next week when we return with another episode of We Don't Deserve Dogs. All content provided on We Don't Deserve Dogs is for informational purposes and entertainment value only. None of the content on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to constitute third-party veterinary advice or any other third-party professional advice. The content We Don't Deserve Dogs distributes or transmits should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice. Nothing on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to be used as a veterinarian's diagnosis, veterinary treatment, or any other veterinary service and should not be relied on to affect the medical therapy of any pet.
Nothing transmitted to or from We Don't Deserve Dogs can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. Your dependence on the content of any information found on or transmitted by We Don't Deserve Dogs is at your own risk. For veterinary care and advice, please see your veterinarian.